It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 10th, 2020. My name is Philip Rosenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr-omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk about the Orlando Magic's injury updates. They've had a few updates to some of their prolonged injuries and a move that was largely expected, And but we'll see what it can what, what they'll make of it uh, coming up, so we'll update some of that news. We'll also talk about the Magic's place in the Eastern Conference playoff race and why this road trip will kind of set the tone, really, for a, a good chunk of the rest of the season as the Magic are in the most difficult stretch of their schedule. And then, of course, we'll preview the Magic's game Friday night against the Phoenix Suns. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's podcasts covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want to get the lowdown on the Phoenix Suns before Friday's game? Check out Locked On Suns. Want to... Skip ahead, look a little bit ahead to Monday's game against the Sacramento Kings. Check out Locked On Kings. No matter what team you're interested in, who your favorite team is, who your least favorite team is, or anywhere in between, you can find a Locked On podcast for you. Plus, we have great national podcasts and Locked On NBA, Locked On Facing Basketball, Rejecting the Screen, and the Duncan and Hollinger NBA podcast. No matter where you download podcasts, check it out today, whether it's the NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, or colleges too. There is a Locked On podcast for you. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Before Wednesday's game against the Washington Wizards, the Orlando Magic said they had some good news and some bad news. The good news is Jonathan Isaac's knee, a, 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 a very odd um, kind of knee sprain is the, is the best way to describe it, a very severe knee sprain. Uh, would not require surgery. Uh, there's still no timetable for his return. He's still out indefinitely. They're still not planning to reevaluate him for another seven to eleven weeks, seven to nine weeks, whatever whatever that original time timeline was. I wouldn't expect to hear anything more about Jonathan Isaac's progress until late February. Isaac is in a cast. He is he has been at the Magic practice facility, and while uh, he is not on the bench, and I don't think he traveled with the team on this West Coast trip. His spirits, at least if you follow him on Instagram, seem to be up. He's a man of great faith. He, always always in good spirits. Always always believing in himself and, and, and the plan uh, laid out for him. So good news that Jonathan Isaac will not require surgery. Very good news, I think. And hopefully that means that, that his injury will recover very naturally. It's not severe enough that they felt like they needed to go in and fix things. It's something that they feel like can, can happen naturally. The news was not as good for Al Farouk Aminu, however. Al Farouk Aminu, of course, had a setback in his recovery from a torn right meniscus a few weeks ago. 
Um, I actually was at uh, at Magic practice that day and did see him kind of hobbling off the court. I think he needed some help getting off the court. Um, did not surprise me that that they that they would announce that there was a setback shortly after that. Um, but Aminu was trying to recover from this injury without surgery. Seemed to be making some progress, and then of course had the setback, and now has indeed had surgery. The Magic announced on Wednesday that Aminu had successful surgery to recover to repair the torn meniscus in his right knee, and he will be reevaluated again in 12 weeks. 12 weeks would put him in early April. Considering that, and, and I think this is an important point to note for Isaac, it is he will be reevaluated at the end of February, or roughly around the end of February. That does not mean he will be back at the end of February. I wouldn't expect Isaac, if he does play, to be back until mid-March, which I you know, maybe enough time for him to get back into, into the swing of things. So I, I wouldn't put it past him. But the Magic have said, and, and Jeff Altman said after the injury occurred, that they're going to be cautious. They have a big picture on this thing. They're not going to rush him back. And let's be real. We'll talk about it here in a minute. The Magic aren't competing for championships right now. There's there's no reason to push him faster than they want. Than they want. We've seen plenty from him this year, to be honest. Um, and while this will certainly slow his growth a little bit, not not the end of the world, Either his long-term health is still the most important thing for this Magic team. And so it's important here to remember then, with Aminu as well, that he will be reevaluated at the beginning of April. But that doesn't mean he will be ready to play. And so considering that a reevaluation period would come at the beginning of April, it would probably still be another week or two before he was ready to practice and, and, uh, and, or is able to practice and able to get back on the court. It feels pretty safe to assume that Alpha Rukaminu's season is over. It was a disappointing season for him, of course, the first year of a three-year deal with the Orlando Magic. Um, while he did provide a lot of the defensive kind of solidity that the team needed, he never really got into rhythm with his new teammates and with his new role. His offense certainly suffered all year. He struggled to finish around the basket, very uncharacteristically so. And, and you know, ultimately a disappointment and certainly... The results do not bode well for for what the Magic uh, were hoping to get out of him. And certainly now that the Magic are down two power forwards, the depth that Al Frugamini was supposed to provide has been kind of wiped away. Things are not completely done here, though. Shamshrania of The Athletic reports that the Orlando Magic have indeed applied for a disabled player exception for both of these players. What is the disabled player exception, you might ask? Well, we're not in the summer, so I, I, I'll excuse you if, you if you're not brushing up on your salary cap here, but the NBA operates under a soft cap, of course, and so there are various exceptions to, this, to, to the salary cap that exist to allow players to add new players. So you can go over the cap as long as you use a certain, a certain exception to do so. In fact, the Magic used the non-taxpayer mid-level exception to sign Alpha Rugamino. So essentially what the disabled player exception does is the, the team applies to the league and says, this player can't play for us anymore. We need to fill that roster spot or to fill, um, you, know, you do have to have a, have a roster spot available, so it's, it's not quite that, but we need to be able to fill the production that we're losing in some ways or, or, or the salary, the, the kind of dead salary that we're losing here because this player is hurt, or until this player comes back, essentially. And so if you are granted this exception, the NBA determines that the player will not be able to contribute before June 15th, before the end of the, essentially the end of the NBA calendar year. 
and says, yes, you may go over the cap to sign a player to a one-year deal so they will become a free agent at the end of the season. You do not retain bird rights or anything like that. To a one-year deal to the end of the season for essentially half the salary of the player that you lost or to the amount of the non-taxpayer mid-level exception. We are not in that that scenario here because these aren't max guys we're talking about. Alfred Camino is making seven, eight million dollars, so it's going to be roughly three and a half, four million. Jonathan Isaac's at five; he's going to be roughly two and a half. So, essentially, what this exception would do is allow the Magic to chase after and, and compete and give a, a real kind of salary to a player to replace these guys if it is granted. The other thing you could do with it is you could also use it in a trade, but it has to be a sort of uh, uh, nothing-for-something trade. So, you know, the Magic, say, want to add a player in a trade, they could send out a second-round pick and take on this player using that exception. You can't use it as, like, a trade exception. I asked, asked that question to, to Keith Smith who uh, of, Yahoo, of Yahoo Sports who, who kind of answers all my cap questions for me. He said you would not be able to use it like a traded player exception. Uh, so you couldn't use it to say... You know, the, the example that I gave is, okay, let's say you want to trade DJ Augustine. His salary is $7 million. You can't then bring in a player at $10 million to kind of, to, to you know, match DJ's salary plus the in, the disabled player exception. So essentially, just, just this just means that you can add a player at a non-minimum salary to replace the player that is out for the season. You don't get an extra roster spot for this. That is a different process to get that. That's kind of a hardship waiver. You do not get an extra roster spot. In fact, in fact, the Magic still have an open roster spot on their on their lineup, so they do have the ability to add a player here. What does this mean then? If the Magic do get this, and we won't know if the Magic get this for a little while, the deadline to get to to request a, a disabled player exception is January fifteenth. So there was. So in some sense, it's good the injuries happened at this point because the Magic now have this tool available to them to add new players. What does this mean? Well, we do anticipate that the Magic will add a player before, if not before the trade deadline, shortly thereafter. Um, Jeff, Jeff Weltman said when he spoke to the media uh, after Jonathan Isaac's injury that there have been internal discussions about adding players to the roster. There have been some discussions about, um, about searching for players to, to kind of bolster the team a little bit. Um, especially in the wake of these injuries and especially with the lack of depth that the Magic now have at Power Forward with essentially Aaron Gordon and Ken Birch and Emile Jefferson, the only guys that can play that Power Forward position effectively and Ken Birch and Emile Jefferson certainly a little bit out of position playing those posi- playing that spot. So, or, And now I'll get to this in a minute, but Aaron Gordon also facing some injury issues this year as well. The Magic certainly are a prime candidate to add one of these players. Whether it's you know, and I, I I made some suggestions on guys that the Magic could add, whether it's Vic Law from Lakeland, who's been playing, who's an undersized power forward, or been playing power forward for Lakeland, even though he's a bit undersized, more of a traditional wing player, or a guy like, you know, Marcus Chris, who was just who was just waived as well. There are options here for the Magic to add a player to the fold and add a player uh, to the roster. More than likely, though. This kind of salary, this kind of amount, is something you wait to spend on what I like to call the mercenary market, the buyout market. Are you going to be able to convince a high-level buyout guy to join a team that is 
sort of destined to be sixth or seventh in the East? Probably not. Magic are not going to be the first choice. But then again, they will have a little bit more money to offer and throw at these guys than maybe some of these other teams. The, the championship-level teams are pretty much capped out. They're only going to have the minimum salary to, to throw. Orlando wouldn't have that. You know, I, I can sit here and speculate on some of the names. I, I've actually created a list of some names. I, I left one particular name off that I probably should not have, and, and and I'll mention him here. Like, Joe Johnson was knocking on the door of the NBA, was the last cut for the Detroit Pistons, is a proven scorer and a proven shooter, although, you know, certainly it hasn't been done in the NBA for, for a few years now. That might be someone the Magic chase after. I know a lot of fans have wanted the Magic to, to sign Jamal Crawford to add a little bit more offense, a lot, add a little bit more shooting. Um, I have my list of guys, uh, you know, whether it's whether it's Vic Law from Lakeland, or you know, searching elsewhere uh, on on the market for for guys who have proven themselves in this league in, in some form or fashion. And of course, we have the trade deadline coming up uh, on in early February as a potential way to add new players to the roster. This is all to say that if the Magic are granted this in, disabled player exception, if they are granted this opportunity to spend money or, or to, to add a new player to, to kind of bolster their production, that is something that I think they will do. In fact, I would venture to guess, and again, this is all a guess on my part, that the Magic are positioning themselves to add a player in free agency or off the buyout market as soon as one becomes available. I, I do not think the Magic will sit on their hands and I'm expecting the Magic to be fairly active around the trade deadline. Maybe not at the trade deadline. Maybe not making a deal. I'm not 100% sure the Magic are comfortable making a deal quite yet. But I am fairly confident that the Magic will be involved in several of these potential buyout players because of this and because of the needs that they have. So the Magic are kind of getting their ducks in a row is perhaps the best way to describe it right now. They're facing some serious injuries. Some very serious injuries. And the latest, of course, DJ Augustine is doubtful for Friday's game with a uh, with a knee contusion, and Aaron Gordon is questionable for Friday's game with left calf with some calf soreness and that troublesome ankle that that he's been dealing with. So again, Orlando's getting pretty thin at power forward, a position that the Magic thought they'd be pretty strong at. Whenever you're down two guys at one position, it's pretty bad. And and Michael Carter Williams, for those that are asking is making progress in his return from a, a sprained a left AC joint. But Steve Clifford also said he is nowhere close to being back. Magic have lost a lot of energy and a lot of firepower and a lot of depth uh, in that case. Of course, the Orlando Magic have to sh- soldier on because right now, all eyes are indeed on the playoffs, even though it is just early January. And of course, all eyes being on the playoffs, you, you want to make sure that you're involved in that playoff run too. I mean, whether it's looking at the odds for, for whether the Magic can make the playoffs or you know maybe even an updated over-under or, hey, just gave you this great information about the Magic's injuries. DJ Augustine out, Aaron Gordon out. The Suns are actually, I think, favored to beat Orlando on Friday night. I'm not, I, I'm not, so, sold, I'm not so sold on that one. That might be a value bet. So... If you want to get involved in the action, if you think you have the right picks and the right calls, my bookie is the place for you because they let you turn your your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. 
There's so much going on right now in the sports world. We got the NFL playoffs this weekend, college football playoff championship game coming up Monday, finally. College basketball, the NBA, hockey, you name it. It's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes, kind of guy or girl, who likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. Just don't be Adam Sandler from Uncut Gems. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000 today, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Just use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. That's LOCKEDONNBA to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code LOCKEDONNBA to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Talk to anyone involved in Monday night's game between the Orlando Magic and the Brooklyn Nets. And they could all sense just how important that game was or could be. It was a sleepy Monday night in January. It's, it, the crowd particularly wasn't into it, and, and both teams looked a bit sluggish and tired, so maybe it wasn't played at playoff intensity. But Steve Clifford, Evan Fournier, Nets coach Kenny Atkinson, they all understood why that game was important. It wasn't because that game officially, you know, for the moment at least, vaulted the Magic into 7th place in the Eastern Conference, combined with the Nets' loss to the Thunder on Tuesday and the Magic's win over the Wizards on Wednesday. The Magic now hold a one-game lead over the Nets for 7th place in the Eastern Conference. Not nothing. But they know that this is going to be a battle the rest of the way. Kenny Atkinson said, said before the game, no matter what happens tonight, we know... We're battling with the Magic the rest of the way for playoff positioning. And, you know, I I don't know if they'll say this yet, but I will. You don't want to finish eighth. The Bucs are really good, and they're probably going to sweep whoever they play in the first round. I haven't seen the Celtics enough yet, but, you know, the Celtics ain't the Bucs. The Heat ain't the Bucs. The Sixers ain't the Bucs. Not saying that the Magic would win any of those series, but I'm merely saying that uh, certainly, certainly, uh, it is certainly the, the a little bit a little bit less of a daunting task than playing Milwaukee at this point. But that's kind of beside the point. As I, I've said in, in discussions that I've had with fans, and, and I, I'm sure I've said it on on this podcast as well, the main goal for the Magic this season. You boil down this season to its to its core, to its nuts and bolts. 
the main goal for the Magic this season is to make the playoffs. Bar none. Missed the playoffs this year and it's a failure. We can have varying degrees of success, but this season is all about making the playoffs once again. Of proving that last year wasn't a fluke and then in the course of doing that, understanding the flaws and limitations of this team. Like, I I think most of us would agree that we are learning those flaws very clearly and there are big picture questions to answer. You know, again, I think more in the summer than now at the trade deadline. Finishing 7th, finishing 6th, even finishing 8th isn't the end of the world for this team. In fact, it's it's kind of where I think they need to be if we're, if we're talking about a natural progression for this group, especially now that they'll be without their, their biggest young player in Jonathan Isaac. So, if this season is truly about making the playoffs, then this, is a, this was a big moment for Orlando. This was a big game. Of course, last year, Orlando lost two close games to Brooklyn in January. The Nets and Magic ended up tied 42-40. and 40. The Nets won the tiebreaker 2-1 over the Magic. They got six. They got to play Philadelphia. Orlando got to play Toronto. Yes, we are at a point of the season where, you know, maybe we're not watching the standings every night. I am because I'm a lunatic. But Fox Sports Florida started showing the playoff standings. It's time to start seriously thinking about where this team actually stands on the Eastern Conference. It is time to start seriously thinking about this group's place in the East. The East has long kind of separated itself. We are, you know, we're nearing the halfway point in the season. The halfway point in the season will come next week uh, when the team is in Los Angeles. It's, the team is definitely, the, the, the conference has definitely started to stack itself. There is that top six. Milwaukee, Boston, Miami, Philadelphia, Indiana, Toronto. Not naming them in order. I apologize. Those six teams have solidified themselves as playoff teams and, and teams that, you know, legitimately believe they could get to the Eastern Conference Finals. I, I would say there are six teams that legitimately believe they can make the Eastern Conference Finals. Then you have the Magic and the Nets at 7-8. and eight. The Magic as things stand today are five games back of the Pacers for sixth. They are four games up on Charlotte for that final playoff spot. So Orlando and Brooklyn have separated themselves a little bit from the pack. You go look at uh, like uh, ESPN.com's Basketball Power Index or, or some of the other odds-based sites, they would tell you the Magic have something like a 96% chance of making the playoffs. It is true, actually. By this point of the season, statistically, seven of the eight teams that will be in the playoff field in each conference are already in the field. There's usually not... What the Magic did last... Like, put that... Let's put that back into perspective. What the Magic did last year, going 22-9, making up a five-and-a-half game deficit from January 31st to the end of the season, was something really special. That does not happen often. And so if you were someone that believed that what the Magic did last year was a fluke somehow, statistically, you weren't wrong. And again, 
That's why I felt it was important this year to make the playoffs again just to prove that it wasn't a fluke. That there is something to build upon here. That there is something consistent. There is a a foundation to build on. And, And frankly, that's what we've seen. Even as the Magic have underperformed, even as the Magic have struggled this season, they have stayed in the playoff picture. They have kept their spot in line. Is this team where it wants to be or where it thought it would be? No. Absolutely not. I would agree 100% that this team has underperformed. Injuries have played a part in that. I 100% agree with that. Just making the field and having a worse record certainly gives you pause. And like I said, part of this season is, is trying to understand the limits and weaknesses of this team. So we're certainly getting that picture. But... At the end of the day, this is about making the playoffs. And the Magic, as I've said all along, are a playoff team. They're starting to play like it now. The momentum's starting to build. The Magic have climbed back into the top five in defensive rating. They're starting to look more like the team that we all thought they would be. And even through all the injuries, they've kept that consistent level of play. Now, are they beating any teams worth their salt? Are they beating any playoff teams? No, they have not done that yet. They've only got three wins over teams with winning records this year. Two of them are against the Philadelphia 76ers, the other Miami a couple weeks ago. Orlando still has to prove itself against elite competition. And again, that is something to log away as as an area that the Magic have to continue improving upon this offseason. But when you look at this playoff picture, you got to ask yourself the question now. Can Orlando improve their positioning? Or are they going to be holding on tight? Now, you look at the teams chasing the Magic. There's certainly reason to believe that the Magic aren't secure. We're not, we're not in yet. Still a lot of work to do. But the Magic should feel very much in control of their own destiny. If they take care of their business, if they beat the, the teams below them, steal a few from the teams above them, they're in. And, you know, honestly, they'll probably still hit somewhere near 40 wins, if not get back to the 42-win mark and finish above 500. I'm... Even though they're 18 and 20 today, I am very much sold that they are they're a better team than they were last year. You look at a team like the Charlotte Hornets. The Charlotte Hornets have been a very nice story. Devontae Graham has played like an all-star. They have done some really, really good things. James Borrego deserves a ton of credit. Their net rating is still in the bottom 10 of the league. If not, if not I believe it's in the bottom 5 of the league. They get blown out a lot. And the way that they win, the way that they play... It's probably not sustainable for them to make a major push to make the playoffs. The Detroit Pistons are probably about to lose Blake Griffin for the entire season. He's been dealing with injuries all year, and Detroit just hasn't been able to get themselves healthy and get themselves together. They appear, and they're apparently shopping Andre Drummond around, so it certainly appears like they may be fading as well. The team that I would be most worried about as far as making a push for the playoffs in a similar way the Magic made a push last year is the Chicago Bulls. They've got the young talent. They're playing. They, they're a top 10 defense in the league, surprisingly, just like the Magic were last year. They've got a dynamic scorer in Zach Levine. If they play with discipline, I know they're about to lose. They, they lost Laurie Markin into injury for a little while, and Wendell Carter Jr. is now going to be out for a little while too. Um, but if they get their stuff together, you know they're they're the kind of team that I think can play sustainably to make a push. If I were to bet on a team that's currently outside the Eastern Conference playoff picture, 
making a push to get in, I would bet on Chicago. I'm not saying they will, but I would say I that that would be my pick as as the team to surprise, just like the Magic did last year. Because after all, no one expected the Magic to make the playoffs when they were twenty uh, when they were you know twenty and thirty two um, at the end of the season, or, or twenty and thirty one um, at 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 the end of January. No one expected that. The good news for the Magic is their schedule does lighten up very soon. Or not very soon, but eventually it will lighten up. And that's why this stretch, starting with Friday's game against Phoenix, is going to be so vital. This is where the Magic really prove what they are worth. This is where the Magic really prove what they can take care of and what they can do in this Eastern Conference playoff race. Are they a team that's going to make the playoffs comfortably? Because again, I, I had very modest goals for this team. Finish with about the same same record, you know, in the 42-45 to 45 win range. Make the playoffs comfortably. Don't don't save it to the last week of the season. You're in. If the Magic are going to do that, they're going to have to prove it on this road trip because this road trip coming up, and not just this road trip, this road trip and about the two weeks after the road trip are going to set the tone for the rest of the Magic season, to be perfectly frank. Falter now, and you're in the fight for the eighth seed. You're in the fight to stay in the field. And every game's going to be a battle and every game's going to be a grind. Take care of business now. And you'll be in pretty good shape moving forward. The Magic, again, are a playoff team. To say that they're not a playoff team at this point is, you know, being overly dramatic and pessimistic, I think. This is the main goal. This is really the only goal that matters. Figuring out how to push forward is a is a long-term picture goal that certainly needs evaluation and study, but isn't necessarily the goal for this season or not not any not at this point. At this point it's about getting in the field. The Magic have done their work to put themselves in position to do that despite all the all the noise and all the all the uh, all the disappointment and frustration to this point. Despite all the injuries, really. I mean, injuries have been such a huge story this season. And so now the Magic have to fight and solidify that place. They picked up that big win against Brooklyn. I know it wasn't against a team with a winning record, but and it was a very undermanned Brooklyn team. But they, dom- they dominated that game and they won it. Markel Fultz did, you know, stepped up to the plate and help the Magic get a humongous win, a win that they did not get last year. And so now the Magic have to keep building upon that. And no matter who's available to them, no matter who is in the lineup, they've got to keep finding ways to win. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Real quickly, I've kind of gone a little bit over my time here. Real quickly, let's go over the Magic's matchup with the Phoenix Suns. As I mentioned earlier, Aaron Gordon is questionable for the game. DJ Augustine is doubtful for the game. 
So the Magic, again, dealing with a lot of injuries in this one. Um, the Phoenix Suns are a dangerous team. Sort of like the Washington Wizards, they will push the ball at you. They will get quick shots. They have a great dynamic scorer in Devin Booker. Um, DeAndre Ayton is, is a real monster in the post. They've got some weapons. Aaron Baines has had a great start to the year, but he's kind of slowed down. Ricky Rubio is a really smart point guard. Phoenix is a team that's going to require the Magic's full defensive attention. But they are a team that is still very young and, frankly, still very undisciplined. Against an undermanned Sacramento Kings team on Tuesday, they had a 21-point lead in the third quarter. They built that 21-point lead off of uh, taking missed shots and getting out in transition. Phoenix wants to run. And they attacked the basket quickly before the defense got set. Sacramento reeled them back in because they can hit a lot of shots and, and they're certainly capable of making, making those shots. But they reeled them back in because they were able to frustrate Phoenix defensively. And they, they got Phoenix to make silly mistakes time and time and time again. You know, bad fouls, just kind of young team mistakes. So to me, the key to this game is the very thing the Magic have been the best at over the last 10 or so games. If Orlando can get back in transition and set their defense up, they will frustrate this Phoenix Suns team. And I have no doubt that the Magic can make Phoenix's life really hard and make Phoenix struggle to execute and struggle to to get the shots that they want. And, And essentially what you want, I feel, is you want Devin Booker to be searching for a shot and taking contested shots. And he may make some, he may still score 30. But that means he's not getting others involved, and that means he's probably shooting a low percentage because Booker will shoot a lot of shots if, if you want him to. The thing the Magic cannot do is they cannot let Phoenix get out in transition. And, and again, that's going to come down to the big thing here, and that's making shots and working inside out. The Suns are not a good defensive team. They will give up dribble penetration. They will give up passes the outside. You just have to have the discipline to stay to the attack. And that's something the Magic have been very good at of late. Um, Phoenix's bench isn't much to talk about. Dario Sarge is, is getting some minutes. Uh, he's about the most dangerous weapon off that bench. Um, so, you know, the second quarters could get really ugly because the Magic's bench just isn't that great. And and who knows what Josh Majette would look like if, if he's leading that second unit. Um, but... You know, that part could get a little ugly. I won't lie. But again, if the Magic stay disciplined, if they stay disciplined defensively, if they stay committed to their game plan offensively, keep the ball moving, even without Aaron Gordon, even if Aaron Gordon and D.G. Augustine don't play, those are big losses, but even if they don't play, I think this is still a game the Magic could win. Won't be easy. Phoenix is good and they're tough at home and, you know, they're they're hungry for a win. They're searching for a win. They got called out by their coach after... Uh, a loss on Sunday to, to uh, I believe, New Orleans. Um, you know, he kind of gave what Clifford does when he's angry, gave, gave, just gave an opening statement and then walked and then, you know, left the press conference. Um, they played with a lot more energy on Tuesday, built that lead, and then gave it all away. And so this is, this is a team that will make those kinds of young team mistakes and make those, those kind of undisciplined plays that will let you back into games. So again, if the Magic dictate the tempo, if the Magic dictate their terms. If they play their committed defense, they're more, even without Aaron Gordon, honestly, they have more than enough to win this game. And actually, I expect them to. Even if Gordon doesn't play, I still think the Magic are more than capable 
of winning and defeating this team. They've got all the weapons to do so. It's just a matter of executing and sticking to whatever game plan they come up with. The Magic take on the Suns to open this road trip at 9 o'clock on Fox Sports Florida. We'll have complete coverage of the game uh, on on the next episode of Locked On Magic. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Follow us on Facebook at Locked On Magic as well. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr__md. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Follow us on Twitter there at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Wright. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 